Welcome back to the Mindify Crash Podcast. I'm your host, Tristan Taliano, and today's guest is an old childhood friend of mine who enjoys some of the finer things in life. He is known for his talented photography skills and is an avid fan and player of hockey. Above all else, this man is a father. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Maxwell McCarty. Maxwell Salem, how are you today? Pretty solid, my guy. Pretty uh, stoked to be on the show today, and uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, crazy to see how far we've come and think about we're doing things like this and, uh, you know, where we started out, kicking it at the house and doing a little bit of everything, and now we're here. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm pretty good, man. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have you, man. I definitely did not see this happening. You know, if you would have taken this back about 10 years, did not see this coming, that's for sure. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's kind of crazy how uh, life rolls and you kind of go with the flow and things kind of end up happening the way they do. And, uh, you know, you hop onto things like this or – photography for me and uh or working at the restaurant and you know anything that comes along you kind of roll with it and make the best of it and i think this is a solid start for you to definitely uh see where i can go i'm, I'm super stoked for you i appreciate that bro and i'll definitely have you on more i definitely want to kind of get some some backstory on how you even got into photography it happened suddenly and i feel like you you somewhat like took over the local market as soon as you got in and maybe that's just my perception, but I want to know from you, one, what inspired you to do that, two, kind of how that, that's that's taken you to where you are right now. You know, it's kind of crazy. Um, I was in journalism in college, and I was like more so interested in writing kind of for the most part, and uh, I hopped on to, um, I hopped in this class, and it was multimedia techniques, actually. So we had to do fi- uh, video, photo, uh, audio and uh, a little bit of writing and then some news some news reporting too and uh it's kind of like it seems like they don't come out and say it to you but uh it kind of seems like because it's a first year class it kind of gives you an idea of all these different um perspectives of journalism and which which uh road you want to go down um instead potentially of what you were already doing or you know to solidify what you were already there for so you know i picked up a camera um for the photo project that i had to do and uh it was actually a family friend, a girl um, my brother dated, Amber Smith. She's a photographer as well. She's absolutely amazing. Taught me honestly so much. Taught me to um, go with what you feel and you know create in your own mind and kind of uh, make the best of what you can. And uh, she's, I'm really thankful that I met her because without her, I wouldn't have had that camera to put in my hand and uh, wouldn't have been able to kill it with the project that I did. Um, so we actually had to do a project with. I think it was like two uh, external lights and they could be as creative as you wanted. So um, another shout out here. I did a, a photo shoot with uh, my guy, Brady Kruger, uh, when he was DJing and making music. And uh, we set up in his living room his uh, like table and his laptop and uh, like one other light um, with all the buttons on it. I don't even know what it's called, like a mixing board or whatever. And uh, we used those as the two lights and he got to like, you know, doing his thing, pressing some buttons and keeping the light low. But it was kind of like really like dimly lit just from those and the neons and like, uh, of the buttons and shit like that. And, you know, I got done with it and it was actually pretty dope. I was like happy about it. I was a little nervous. And then I went into class and they gave us the opportunity to, uh, show, um, what you did on like this giant ass board in this, uh, in the room that we were in, it was a, a lecture hall, like 30 or 40 rows, like this huge, like 30 by 40 screen and they put them up there and like they're like whose is this and i like raised my hand all like shy and shit and everyone was like 
just like I could hear people talking and like my professor was stoked on the lighting and like asked if I'd ever used a camera before this. And like from there, it just like felt really natural in my hand and I just kind of ran with it and changed my major actually from uh, like some type of writing journalism, like I don't even remember, uh, to photojournalism and communications and just like absolutely fell in love with every class I took, all the different aspects of it, all the professors that I had were super rad and just like told, like just really showed me how to get into it and it just be more than just like a career and shit like that. And like really like get the passion out of it instead of it just being something that you're going to going to work and trying to, you know, make money with. So it just, you know, I picked up a camera and it really just kind of came naturally to me. So it just, it just felt right, you know? Absolutely. Uh, so like to get, to go back to the photo shoot that you did with, uh, Brady Kruger, the soundboard has different lights on it, right? They're neon colors and things like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of different colors on there. Okay. Kind of using it as like a ambient lighting then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that's sweet. Uh, a lot of like the newer vehicles have them in there, different colors. You can change them. And I think at nighttime, like that's a sweet look. So I can only imagine photo wise what that came out to. Yeah. To be able to do that in the middle of the day in a living room, like, yeah, we closed the blinds on the windows, but they weren't like blackout or anything like that. So like to be able to take that aspect and make it look like it was like a, basically a completely pitch black room and use a small amount of lighting, um, on his project, you know, it was, you know, kind of a big deal to, to be able to take that route instead of, you know, uh, natural light and like another flash or something like that, which is also difficult. Like, don't get me wrong. Like a lot of these people you see out there shooting photos, like you see them like out in the sun and they're like perfectly lit in the front and they're, you know, their eyes aren't squinting and all these different things. Like there's so many like different aspects that you have to put into that. Like another person that I know super good at that is, um, uh, what's it? I, uh, Joe Cologne, I think. Yeah. Uh, eyes uh, of Joe. Eyes of, I, eyes through it's something like that yeah dude he's killer he, at that. he like, is his to be able to do that like take like i just saw the other day he took these kids to the amherst track and it was like bright and sunny out and like you know normally you get those shadows and that like look where it's like okay they just showed up with their camera and stood him in the grass in the sun and hoped that the photos came out and like to be able to do what he's doing and like take that like aspect out of like from amateur to professional like doing that and like learning that is like a really difficult thing to fill. And like another photographer I worked with that really helped me with, uh, with that was, uh, Michael Q at studio Q downtown in Amherst. I mean, I've just been so blessed with all the photographers that I've worked with that have helped me with that. And like Murphy Redman at red photography, like so many different people like helping me to get to these different types of photography and lighting and like styles and stuff like that. Like, but there's so much that goes into it and you know, coming together though like it's like uh hitting different checkpoints in your career oh, you know and, and collabing with different people and learning new techniques that has to be amazing Absolutely. just perfecting the craft yeah it feels good and like you know the, i think the most like rewarding feeling is like you learn from all these people and you learn as you go and then i learn from all my classes and stuff and like sometimes it seems like i've learned even more so working with different photographers and like just the small things that you pick up pick up on and like help each other out with and learn from and like you know, it's, it's a tough community because a lot of people, you know, pick up cameras and want to get into it, but to really put in the work and learn the craft is such a whole, like it's, it's such a process. So, you know, when you learn that process or a new style or, you know, learn how to use your light better or whatever it may be, and you go and do a shoot or shoot a wedding or whatever it may be. And you get those photos, you throw them on your laptop and you start editing and you're just so content, not even, well, I mean, more so than more so content or, um, more content than like, um, 
or I'm sorry, more than content. You're stoked about how they turned out. Like that's just such a good fucking feeling. You know, oh, I can only imagine. You, you just can't beat that, you know? And it's such a difficult thing. And, and there's so much talent around here. Like, like I already listed, like just so much talent all around. Like, but you know, I don't see anyone as competition. I just see a bunch of creative people working together and like representing for Lorain County and Northeast Ohio. And like, I think it's really cool to see that from people. Like you go on the vow or, um, the not, and you see local photographers on there, like just, you know, at the top and getting awards and all these things. And like people on the news and like just all these different things. I think it's just, it's super cool to see, you know, I haven't gotten to anything like that as far as like on the news or like, you know, a couple other things, but you know, I was in college. I got an award for one of my photo stories and, uh, I got out to, uh, New York fashion week when I was in college and shit through a uh, designer and stuff. So it's really taken me a lot of places. It's, it, I've definitely reached a lot of, uh, goals, um, without even realizing it until I looked back and was like, holy shit, that's, that's pretty dope that I did that. You know, I was just trying to do the best I could and, you know, it, it turned out pretty rad and I got to see a lot of cool things and go a lot of cool places. And that's the beauty of it. I think that's the beauty of art. You did touch on something that I wanted to ask you. You said like a lot of people are just picking up a camera and taking pictures and not so much like the self-proclaimed photographer title, but do you think that there's a lot of people kind of flooding the market that are just buying a camera, trying to be photographers and kind of giving some of the local the local vets, I guess you'd say in a way, um, either a bad reputation or a bad name by what they're putting out or do you not do you not look at it that way? Um, I definitely would say the market is definitely getting flooded right now. You know, there's a lot of uh, people out of work. There's a lot of people um, with more free time than they've ever had. And, uh, you know, it's really tough to um, to like hate on anyone that's trying to do something for themselves and trying to do something fun or turn a hobby into a career or whatever it may be. But, um, you know, if you can go out there and put in the work and really try and perfect your perfect your craft and take the time to research or learn online or do these things to to make sure that what you're giving out is really quality stuff. I totally respect that and tip my hat to that. And I know a couple of photographers that I've literally just picked up a camera without any real like, um, I guess, uh, like teaching, like they never really were taught anything. They kind of picked up a camera and taught themselves and they're absolutely nasty, you know, and raw I, talent. Yeah, dude, that's so sick to see. Like one of my buddies who is like, who his sister is an amazing photographer. He picked up a camera too. Um, and now he does amazing landscape photography, amazing water photography. I mean, shit where you look at it, it looks like the water's moving and it's a still photo. And like, he does gnarly stuff with surfing and like, he was out in South Carolina. My buddy Luke Redman. I was a, just gonna ask you if that was him. Dude, I stare at his Instagram beauty. for hours, bro. Absolute booty, dude. I respect that kid so oh much. Oh my god, he's a killer in the water with landscape. I mean, I've never seen anyone that I know doing stuff like that. Like from picking up a camera, man. He's so sick with it. So I definitely respect the hustle if you're trying to put in the work and really, you know, perfect your craft. I, I mean, I tip my hat to you, and I'm jealous that you can do it on your own without having to go to classes like I did through college, but. At the same time, I absolutely love my professors and the, the small, you know, secrets and tricks and tips that I learned from them. So, you know, it's a growing market and, um, you know, I just, you know, if you can be successful, that is absolutely sick. And there's no hatred towards anyone trying to, you know, go out there and better themselves or, you know, try and learn something fun or do something fun. So it's, uh, you know, it's all good. It's all love. I have no hatred or anything on that. You know, I just hope everyone's, 
you know, working hard and trying to make sure they're giving out the best quality product that they can, you know? You could not have answered that any more perfectly. And that's why everyone's mother loves you. <laughs> I mean, man, dude. All right, I've got a, I got a, one last question about photography. It's a fuck one, kill one, marry one. You ready for that? All right, let's do it. I didn't put that in the notes. I had to surprise you with this one. All right, All right. I appreciate it. I got a Nikon, Canon, or Sony. All right, man. Um, I got to kill Nikon. I, that's that's a easy for me, dude. <laughs> I'm stuck with Canon. I mean, I'm not stuck with Canon. I absolutely love my Canon gear. It's all I know. It is, uh, it is you know, it's it's my stuff. Um, but I would definitely marry my Canon. And I would definitely fuck with, an, with uh, some Sony, dude. Luke Redmond shoots Sony. And, dude, their shit is amazing. Um, Canon and Nikon really uh, kind of like passing them uh, in the last like I'd say five to ten years and then in the last few years Sony just completely stepped up their gear their glassware is impeccable I mean they're just everything about their their uh, cameras and their glassware the mechanics of it all is just absolutely beautiful so yeah definitely uh, I'd be fucking some, some Sony marrying some Canon and killing the fuck out of some Nikon man I, I, I don't fuck with Nikon well, there you have it, folks. You know what he's fucking killing and marrying. <laughs> Let's keep it going. So, for anyone that's listening to this, I'm sure that one, they either know or want to know what is a McCarty party. One, where it was birthed, how this came about, and two, some of the, the nonsense that takes on uh, during these weekends of fun. I'll let you start. So, honestly, like, McCarty's, McCarty parties have been happening... Well, I mean, I haven't had one in a fucking minute, unfortunately, but, uh, McCarty parties started when I, like, I was still fucking young, which is like the funniest part. I was probably still like 15 and 16 and like my brothers were throwing the McCarty parties like, yo, sorry, mom and dad, if you're fucking listening to this, but like my mom and dad would go on a spring break trip every year, like right around the time we had a break and they would be gone for a week and it would be me and my brothers, um, with the house to ourselves for a week. So four boys with all their fucking friends and essentially no rules. And I mean, like anything you could think of like happened. Like, I mean, like I remember the one year, like we were all there and I think it was like right before, uh, the year before I had packs and it was like the last, like really like wild ass rager McCarty party. And like my aunt literally showed up and my ha- my garage was full of bags and boxes of empty beer cans, bottles, I mean, anything you could think of. Our garage smelled like fucking beer and cigarettes for at least six months. My dad was so fucking pissed. And my aunt comes walking in and I'm just like standing there looking at it and looking at her. And I was like, just please don't say anything to my parents. She looks at me. She goes, you think I want to be the one to tell your parents about what happened this week? Not a fucking chance. And I was like, all right, you're the shit. Like, I appreciate you. But like looking back, like the small things we like could have done to like just keep things like cleaner and like just like. Things you don't think about when you're fucking 19 years old that like looking back, I'm like, why the fuck didn't we just take it up the streets of old town and like party files? Yeah. Like three. Yeah. All these fucking party files. But like at the same time, like, holy fuck, like those times are so amazing. Like so many of my friends met so many of my other friends and like Kent people met Amherst people and Illyria people met Amherst people and Amherst people met fucking Cleveland friends and like just everyone that I was connected with in my entire life would come out. And that was even just like with the uh, parties that I threw, like as I was like an older teenager and like after my brothers were like out of the house and like gone to Colorado and New York and, you know, wherever the fuck they took off to uh, in their lifetimes. And, uh, you know, it's, 
it, it's funny because like here we are like six years later um i have you know three kids a five-year-old a three-year-old and a four-month-old daughter and like this is still a thing like that we all fucking talk about on the regular with the boys and like pictures are still flowing around about it and like just like the experiences, like, you know, RIP to some of the, like, the best people we know that we lost that were always at these parties as well. Like, And Kem- we archived those photos recently, too. Yes, we did, dude, from the old laptop, dude, sitting in the kitchen, taking dumbass photos, like, holding our fucking Newports and, like, Miller Lights and bags of chips and fucking, you know, just being dumb as fuck, but, like, absolutely fucking living in the moment of, like, knowing we legitimately had no responsibilities at that time and just... What a fucking time to enjoy with some of the best people I've ever met in my life. You know, just just so fucking blessed. And nothing else mattered then. Like it, like looking back on it, it was innocent fun. Like no one got seriously hurt. Nothing terrible happened, and we weren't doing anything uh, outside of like you know what normal kids are doing at that age. It was just it was it was it was one of the best moments I feel like of my high school um, career. And like I think that anyone that had the honor of attending those parties. Will always remember that. I feel like that, like you just said, it's something that's always going to be brought up. Yeah. Because when I think about it, it feels like it was just yesterday. Oh, yeah, dude, 100%. Like, I remember that week, no fucking sleep. Like, my parents knew what the fuck was about to happen when they were leaving. So, what'd they do? Work me every fucking day, nine to five. So, I fucking told the homies, all right, come through. Excuse me. Um, Come through. We party at night. Wake up. You guys clean while I'm fucking working bring you guys home food. I get off work, take a nap, get it fired back up again. We would not leave. We would stay there all week. I mean, I you lived there for a week. Matt <laughs> lived there for a week. I'm pretty sure Braden was there like the last week too. Tommy, Willie. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody you can think of that like has ever partied with us, like stayed at my house at least one night or like was there for that fucking week. And like, I mean, we just had nothing but fun. And like, I mean, like you said, like no one got hurt. No, there was nothing like really that stupid going on. But like, I mean, just a, the simplicity of just enjoying each other and like laughing and like the picture with all the homies on the step at that house is literally. Oh, my God. It needs to be like framed and fucking like everyone like with their names under it, like wrote up and like, you know, just like shown everybody like, you know, this is what we fucking did. And like, this is how we'll always remember all the fucking best times of our lives with some of the best people we've ever met. You know, it's just it's just fucking awesome. I'll put, I'll blast one of those and put it up in this room. Fuck it. I should start doing that. Get a little collage of the of yeah. the old days yeah. and new. You know. Yeah, collage of the old days or collage of uh, people you fucking bring on here and shit like that. That'd be fucking dope. Because that is yeah, that is something we'll do too. We'll take a selfie because that'll be the album cover. Oh, All right, yeah. you already you're already hip. Yeah, I like I've seen it. that shit. You know, <laughs> I'm always about a good selfie. You know, gotta get the right lighting and all that shit. But absolutely, you know, fire, fire it up. We'll be good to go. So. Quick one for the boys, huh? Absolutely, man. Um. So, outside of the McCarty parties, obviously, you you know, we were young teens. You then go on to graduate and go to Kent. And I think that's also historical houses, 111 Sherman. I mean, wow. Yeah. I have never felt home outside of home at that point in my life until then. Like, once I got there, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Everyone was so cool. And that's where like you really started to find your true self. You know, like me looking back on it, you met some super solid people, like minded like you, yeah. genuine, good hearted, and ambitious. And like to see where you guys are at now, I think is awesome. 
but there's a lot more than just that that happened in the moment that I feel like we should talk about. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I uh, went out my freshman year. Actually, I think my sophomore year, or I'm sorry, my senior year. Um, okay, so in between my senior year and actually my first year at Kent because I, I took a year off, or not a year off, I went to LC and just fucked off. I didn't do anything for my classes and really did nothing. Um, like I took like a fucking three week spring break, like failed a fucking math class. Like literally got an email from my professor. He's like, Hey man, you missed the final. I was, I'm pretty sure I just ignored it and just chalked it up to an L like <laughs> did not give a fuck. But, uh, dude, I, I met some awesome people. One of my, you know, great lifelong friends, uh, probably one of the smartest humans I've ever met. Um, just beyond his, you know, his, his years of, uh, of, of life. Um, his knowledge is just, you know, infinite. The dude picks up a fucking book and speaks another language. He fucking, you know, watches a movie. He can, you know, remember everything about it and the history of the documentary movie he watched. Like, you know, Danny Periati, one of my boys. Like Danny P. Danny P. Hey, hey, yo, Max, sick. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I mean, I met him and uh, on a spring break trip to PCB, one of the fucking trashiest places I've ever been. You met him on spring break? That was the first How time I, I met How do I not Danny. know this? Yeah, dude. He was with uh, Joe, his cousin, and Joe Pieretti. I remember, and, uh, yeah. Uh, Blake, um, Blake's fiance. You remember Blake? She lived over at the University Street House. Most likely. So they're still together. They're engaged. And uh, we all went together and shit. And um, actually, Arlington was on that trip, too. Ollie. Yeah. My dude. Good fucking dude. Um, I'm pretty sure he listens to this. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm I'm almost positive. Shout out, Arlington. Known you since the days you were jumping in my pool back in the fucking day, bro. Whipping the FBM, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Love you, brother. Hope you're doing good out in the West Coast. Um, But uh, yeah, dude, I met him and... uh, um, at the Sherman house, somebody backed out and, uh, the following year and I hopped in the house and, you know, Dom, Danny, TJ, Seth, Jake, I mean, just everybody like PC, Anthony PC, like, uh, just so many good fucking memories with such good dudes. You know, I, I still talk to all of them, you know, a fairly good amount, like Jake's out in uh, Colorado by my brother. So when I head out there, I get to see him and like, you know, my other buddies out in Cleveland and, you know, their friends that I met from knowing them going to OU and seeing uh, Chad and those guys and, and Jared and, you know, just such a good group of people. Like, you know, if I go out to Cleveland, I, I link up with all those guys or wherever it may be like. Um, but just so many good memories. You know, we trashed the fuck out of that house. We fuck yeah. I mean, I think I, our I think our our signatures have to still be up there. Oh, I mean, there's no way they painted over that shit. Well, I over mean, a thousand signatures on that I porch. Mean, yeah, dude. Easily, the the sketchy neighbors that would come over, they would sign it. Like, just you never like every single day you woke up at that house, you never knew what the fuck was gonna happen. Like that was the funniest fucking part. Like from legitimate crackheads like stepping onto our porch and like having a cigarette with us and just like randomly talking to us and telling us like all this crazy stuff or like just being out of their mind. And like, I mean, I, I, the stories were absolutely endless. Like, and uh, seriously, like that is just, you know, every day we woke up, we didn't know it was going to happen. And I just will always cherish those days too, because those guys were freaking awesome. My friends that came to visit were always welcomed by all the, all the guys I lived with. Like, I mean, like I remember the one night, dude, one of my favorite fucking nights, TJ, I'm so sorry. We fucking broke down TJ's door. TJ was, we were all hanging out playing, I think, uh, Birio Kart or Super Smash Bros, like drinking and like just getting after it. And somebody like ran through TJ's door. 
<laughs> and it turned into his door being broken to by the end of the night being in fucking pieces on his bed and just like <laughs> dude like i could not stop laughing i thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world and like waking up like the next day and like looking at the situation i was like dude what the fuck like why did i even do that like why did i think that was funny like especially <laughs> looking back to like i felt so bad like in college those fucking houses are shitholes so like your only privacy is your fucking door to your bedroom and you lock it every time you walk out you know nobody can't even tug properly yeah dude Damn. like had to fucking like hang i think he hung a blanket over it or it was just like wide open like all the time and like we found we eventually bought him a new door and shit but like goddamn like what type of dumbasses are just like yeah we should probably fucking break down this door tonight and then just like say fuck it and pile it on his bed like and I'm pretty sure after we piled that the door pieces on his bed, we proceeded to put like more just random miscellaneous objects from the house and his bedroom just like piled onto his bed. And like looking back, like I feel so fucking bad, but goddamn dude, that shit was so fucking funny. I don't know if I was there before that or if I was there the weekend after, but I do vividly remember that. Did he live upstairs? Yeah, upstairs and right to the right. His his room was the first door on the right. right okay. There. I, I, I definitely, I, I don't think I was there, but I do remember I, I was there maybe the week after Danny Peretti though. This man is so him and Willie, I, I'll, I'll, I'll highlight these two gentlemen because they showed so much love and respect to your homies back home. Yeah. Like these dudes, these dudes showed up from Kent with you to attend my grad party. Yeah. Obviously anyone listening to this, I'm a little bit younger than max, not by much, but, two years yeah um and like i just remember thinking that was the coolest thing because like at 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 heart and and in the mind i was still a high schooler Mm -hmm. you know i might have been partying with you guys every weekend but i was still in high school (laughs) so like to see you guys i was like oh my fucking heroes are here (laughs) like i thought it was the coolest thing this man danny though can literally travel anywhere in the world and be fine because he's so he's so fucking smart yeah i mean to be able to just speak a language like you know like it's nothing like you know that's I do. I mean, I tip my hat to that and like, holy shit. Like, I mean, I wish I was that intelligent, dude. I've been trying to like teach myself how to do uh, uh graphic design shit at home, like using uh Skillshare and shit like that. And I'm like, man, this is hard as fuck. Like I can't imagine like learning how to speak a language, let alone like shit like Arabic and like Mandarin, which like have all these different uh like it's like one language, but at the same time it has all these different like dialects in it and like, uh, backgrounds where everything came from and like it has all this own like uh, different essentially like different tongues on like one language and like to be able to just fucking casually learn that like while we're in college partying every weekend if not every fucking night and like you know still getting his schoolwork done like I mean that's just mind-blowing to me like that's that's crazy as fuck dude's a fucking ace on the mound that's for sure absolutely throwing dude. straight heat yeah absolutely absolutely my guy so I did wanna I did wanna highlight a few things uh, for anyone that was listening to this. If you don't know Maxwell Salem, uh, his family owns Old Town Pizza. Is that cool if I shout that out? Yeah, dude, absolutely. Awesome. The one thing that I want to know though, personally, do you guys have any uh, like secret menu items or something that like only the employees make or they make religiously that like the normal people couldn't get because it's not on the menu? Um. You know, we used to have some stuff back in the day. Um, we haven't really had anything like that in a while. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Like, our biggest thing that happens is, like, Dylan, my little brother, D-Money. D 
Dylan Joseph, my brother. So creative. Yeah, dude. He is just an absolute legend in the kitchen, dude. Like he will just see shit and he can just like know how things should taste if you add them and you know, whatever it may be. And like the things he's made for us. So, you know, I don't know who follows me on Snapchat. Super goofy to say, but like, you know, I do my own like pizza ratings as well. Not a big deal or anything. Not taking away any uh, barstool, baby. Yeah, huh? not. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from El Presidente, but uh, you know, I try and do my own thing at OTP. You know, I got free pizza on deck, so I might as well take advantage and you know, show the people who does the best shit. Also, shout out Drew Newton. You make the fucking best pizzas at Old Town. Fucking my guy, always killing it. Um, but Dylan, man, he picks up the this fucking shit. We had like a puts uh, like a three potato soup or like a Tuscan potato soup or some type of like little like zesty potato soup the other day dude use it as the sauce instead of our pizza sauce through french fries i think onions and banana peppers and like maybe like one other thing on there and like threw this whole thing together dude the flavor was just apt like i could not comprehend the flavor and it was just so fucking good and that was just like essentially taking things that we had laying around at old town that he could just throw together because he knows everything about like food and how it should taste and the the saltiness the sweetness and like all these things that combine together like i remember one time we were all at my parents house drinking like i think it was after dylan's like first semester back from uh the culinary institute up in new york i think you might have been there actually CIA. yeah we were we were hammered drinking in the backyard and everyone's like dude like you're a fucking chef like you always talk you know you post your food and blah blah, blah but you never cook for us like go fucking make something for us and like he went downstairs like grabbed a bunch of chicken out of the fridge, used like fucking like orange soda, like and a couple like other random fucking ingredients and made up these bomb ass fucking chicken nachos. Like, and that was like six years ago when we were hammered drunk and I'll never forget that. You know what I'm saying? Like to be able to just do that is like absolutely amazing. So that's the talent of a chef that is making do with what you have and, and making it good. Yeah. He, he's amazing. And that's just so natural in your family. Yeah. I, I don't get it. I respect it though. Yeah. And like, that's like, you know, it comes from my dad too. Like, you know, him and my dad work on, um, recipes together all the time. You know, shout out my dad. My birthday's coming up Sunday every year. Makes up his fucking amazing lobster bisque. That's all I ask for. You know, I'm an adult, so I'm just asking for a little bit of good grub. And like, he always is chill about doing that for me, but like for him to throw that together and like work with different recipes and like do everything he does every year. And then as well as just like always making new recipes at old town and, our amazing sauces and pizza and, and just making sure we have the best quality of everything. You know, I'm, I'm truly blessed to be able to see someone be so creative as well as making sure things are consistent and amazing. And like, I mean, my dad is legitimately like he, he is, he's like, uh, like he's the American dream. He started off as a fucking electrician and now he's running a successful restaurant for over 34 years now. Like, like how, how do you twist from a, an electrician to running a successful business? You the know, grind, the I mean, grind like, and ambition. It's amazing. And like, he definitely, there's like family recipes and things that everyone's worked on together. But like at the same time, like he is like the key factor of why we've been open so long with his, his care and his, um, appreciation and support or appreciation of the support of our customers in the city. Like I mean, another, I'm going to give a shout out to the city of Amherst and all of our customers at Old Town Pizza. You guys are truly, absolutely amazing. Like through the the COVID and everything, we had so much support and from the bottom of my heart and from the bottom of my family's heart, I'm just so grateful and thankful because without the support of our customers in the city, man, we wouldn't have been able to stay open. And it's, it's just really amazing to see 
so many good things and so many great people working together and giving back to each other. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing and we're, we're just super blessed. So, you know, as far as menu items go, you know, you already know this, but like stick with that rigatoni blush sauce, bro. That's fact. If you're my friend, you've had rigatoni blush sauce. So that's check that out. That's, that's my highest recommendation. And, uh, um, you know, as far as other things on the menu, Oh, you know what? The showbill sandwich, bro. Showbill sandwich. Gotta give a fucking shout out. Ricotta you gotta cheese, give me info. Okay, here we go. Pepperoni, ham, bacon, sauce, and mozzarella cheese, Ooh. and our fucking pita bread, bro. You cannot fucking go wrong. I'm telling you right now. Straight slapper. I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. So, it, I love to hear that the community came together, and I even stopped in during COVID because I remember waiting in the line and the way you guys had everything organized. It was right when Mia was born because you were asking me, and I remember Jocelyn called me on Facetime like, "You better hurry up in there." I was like, <laughs> "All right, man." But what's your take on like? I think that at the beginning of of it's not quarantine. It's it's childish to say quarantine, but you know, like the beginning of the stay home order. I feel like society as a whole kind of came together more. Did yeah. you get that feeling? Dude, you know what I really did? I was I was truly blown away at the amount of people that were sim- supporting small businesses, uh supporting, you know, takeout, uh trying to support and help out their their neighbors and, you know, anything of that sort, as well as the amount of people that came into the restaurant on our busiest nights and our craziest nights and absolutely just rolled with the punches. People were like astonishingly nice, man. They understood that it could have, that it could be a little bit longer. They understood that things were hectic and crazy because no one was used to it. And like, I think that all came down to like legit, like our entire world was faced with something that they had never been, you know, faced with before. Mm-hmm. So everyone kind of rolled with the punches and tried to come together and support each other and make the best of it rather than, um, you know, being, being jerks or, you know, and fold under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Or fold under pressure. And like it, you know, there was definitely bad things that happen and, and, uh, you know, it sucks that like some like, uh, not restaurant. Well, it definitely sucks that rest, some restaurants and businesses closed, but like seeing people like overdoing it at the supermarkets and stuff like that. And like people fighting over like wipes and like, and like the bacterial soaps disinfectant yeah, disinfectant and, and shit like that was like really a bummer to see because like you know like yeah you definitely want stuff for yourself and to protect your family and shit but at the same time like you're fighting it, old people for fucking toilet paper it's, yeah it's, dude. it's ludicrous it's insane yeah like who would have fucking thunk you'd go to the store and you'd see 12 racks of signs that say hand sanitizer or fucking uh you know clorox wipes and they're all empty and they're asking you if they are stocked to only take one yeah and a sign that, that says that take left. one or two like, it's it's crazy, and I heard so I actually heard a, a pretty good theory about this on an on a podcast that I listened to, and it's more so like a, due to the toilet paper thing, not everything else, but like I think the whole uh, you know surge of of mass buying the, the toilet paper rolls was because they take up so much room on the shelves mm-hmm. that once you start to notice that they're gone, you're kind of like, well, wait, I need I need toilet paper, so you start you you buy them as well yeah you know yeah um and i think that's that's just how we are we kind of fall in line as humans we follow suit and and that's that's the only thing that's made the most sense to me because i don't understand any other reason so far yeah i think that goes with like our uh this generation of i mean everything everyone is very visual you know and like it's it's definitely this is definitely a fucking stretch here but like 
we're so visual. Like you just said, like it takes up so much space. So looking over and seeing the lack of something means like, okay, wait, why the fuck don't I have that? I probably need that if everybody else right. is getting it. Exactly. So yeah, I totally, I could definitely get behind that theory. That definitely makes sense. Like, you know, and then that goes hand in hand with like the oldest fucking, you know, uh, like thought process or I don't even know how to word it, but like the oldest, you know, saying, you know, you always want what you can't have or you want what you don't have. Right. So. And envy is a bitch, man. Yeah. Envy. Absolutely. God. It's I, it's one of the seven deadly sins, isn't it? You know, I'm envy? obviously not 100% sure on that. So I'm okay. not. Okay. I can't even say. <laughs> you might be right, but I have no idea. I, I've already sounded probably dumb enough on here, so I don't want to fucking speak for something I don't know. Absolutely not. <laughs> so the only reason I even bring that up is because a few days ago I was watching. Have you ever seen the movie Shazam? It's a DC comic originally. It's dude. I actually just started fucking watching that the other day. Dude, it's so fire. Yeah, Bentley woke up from his nap, so I had to turn it off. But uh, yeah, I um, it's it's well, I don't know. Actually, it's somewhat kid friendly. I feel like yeah, the beginning seems a little dark. Like when that dude was like yeah, those like creatures. Came, yeah, the seven deadly sins, right? I'm pretty sure that's what that is. Yeah, and they like kind of like came out and. Uh, their like eyes were lit up and shit yes. and like i was like all right bentley would definitely not dig on this <laughs> like i gotta change this but uh yeah like as far as the rest like it seems like it turns a kid into a superhero and he's got a little like his buddy is still um you know his friend as like a little kid while he's this like superhero or whatever right. but uh yeah so i could definitely see that part being kid kid friendly getting past the fucking dementors and you know sketchy shit but yeah absolutely yeah and i think that like as a child, I don't know if you were like big on comics, but like as a child, I love DC. I loved Batman. I love the joke. I like the villains. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always been that dude. I love the villains. Hell yeah. But I thought the concept of Shazam was cool as a child because like as a kid that, that can then turn into this superhero and then go back to being a kid. Okay. You know, I just, I, that part's cool. Yeah. But we just went way off topic. I apologize for that. No, dude, that's like <laughs> as like legit as it comes. Like as far as like being a kid, like there's so many things as a kid you like want to do or like if I had this power or was older or like all these things, like essentially like turning into a superhero or someone you normally aren't to do these things. So like, dude, I think that's fucking dope. Like that's definitely as about like throwback and like wanting to you know have be like wishing it could have been a part of your childhood right it could be so yeah dude i i definitely am gonna go home and finish that movie eventually but uh yeah man that's um that's that's definitely a good one definitely worth checking out if you're listening from home check out shazam fuck that one up (laughs) uh believe it's available on amazon google play all those platforms that you can rent or buy, uh, not on Netflix or Hulu at this time. Yeah, it was on HBO when I seen it. So, um, so there is something else that I wanted to ask you, and it it's just more so about I guess I guess fathering. Um, you've had a few go at this, and you've you've been successful thus far. Uh, with me, it's you know I'm loving every minute of it, but I'm learning every day to adjust, to try to be better. And, you know, with having some experience now, I guess, I guess my question is, you know, where do you find an equal balance for being a dad, but also finding time for self care as well? Um, you know, I, uh, it's, it really just like, there's a lot of different things you can do. Um, quarantine uh, or the stay at home order really um, was my biggest um, uh, teacher of how to do that, to 
uh, you know, self-care and do those small things um, and still be a, a dad and shit, you know? Um, so during quarantine and stuff, uh, we, I didn't go to the gym. I couldn't go to the gym. Um, you know, I'm not super, I'm not like a super, like, I'm not super big into go to the gym. I'd rather be on ice, but you know, like during quarantine, um, there was no hockey and there was no gym. So I made do, and uh, I got some bands, like some of those elastic bands and shit to, uh, um, replicate weights and shit like that. And, uh, you know, I ended up getting some dumbbells towards the end of it and shit like that. But, you know, I'd wake up and, um, you know, super lucky, but my daughter, my newborn or, you know, four month old, she sleeps so good. So she would be uh, able to sleep and, you know, mom would be able to get some sleep and they would both be able to do their thing and chill. And me and the boys, uh, would go outside, uh, in the fence in backyard and, uh, I would get a workout in and they would play outside and they would, you know, uh, want to work out with me. So like, obviously they weren't touching the dumbbells, but like (laughs) I always had like this one, um, band that I would let them play with. And, you know, I'd tie it up to the fence and they would act like they're, you know, doing workouts with me and things like that. And, uh, so they really, you know, I made the best of that and like enjoying it with them and, uh, making it still a healthy part of my day. And like getting out any of that like stress or, you know, not even necessarily aggression, but like, you know, lifting weights or, you know, working out any type of physical activity is just, so good for you mentally and physically. And so it just really gave me everything I needed that, you know, unfortunately I couldn't get from playing hockey because, you know, my number one self self health thing that I've ever gotten into in my entire life, which I mean, shout out to my, to my buddy. I grew up with Caleb Janelli, like for getting me to join the hockey team. But like, I mean, I love hockey so much. When I started hockey in high school, I lost 50 pounds. I gained some amazing friends. I gained knowledge on a difficult sport. I gained, you know, knowledge on how to work hard for what you want and how to, you know, keep pressing and, and pushing. And, you know, I remember puking on the ice, like, you know, sometimes it was cause I was hung over, but you know, a lot of other times I puked because I was a freaking fat shit and I was way out of shape and I pushed myself, myself to be, to go as hard as I can. And, you know, I think my, uh, you know, the, you know, my weight loss and that, those types of things spoke for themselves and how hard I did actually work. But, uh, yeah, man, just doing things like that and finding something you love, and doing it, but also being, you know, that's the biggest thing I've also had to be uh, conscious of is, um, being, uh, thoughtful to, uh, my kid's mom as to making sure that it works for not, not just her schedule, but our schedule so that everyone is also being taken care of or not being, not necessarily neglected, but like if I'm going to go play hockey on this night, then, you know, the night before or in the morning or in the middle of the night, I'm going to wake up extra with, I'm going to wake up with whoever wakes up or I'm going to help put, or I'm going to put the kids to bed or like let her, you know, go chill and get some stuff done or even just fucking sit and watch her show. And while I put the kids to bed or whatever, you know, so like definitely you need to find something that you can be passionate about or like essentially like this, what you have going on here with this podcast, Mm -hmm. I think for you is super healthy because you're talking to people, you're laughing, you're like, doing all these things you love, which, you know, as long as I've known you, you've been a talker and been the, one of the funniest dudes I've ever met. So this for you, you, I'd say is probably one of like the best things you can do because it's basically where you fucking flourish, you know, like chopping it up, laughing, enjoying your life and enjoying, you know, your company, dude, that's, that's you all day. So, you know, just being conscious of needing to get that thing that done, that self self care and self uh, health done, like any parent out there, you know, I know it's not easy and I, I'm not saying it is at all, but try and find a way to, to do something for yourself. Even if it's once a week, like 
otherwise you'll drive yourself crazy because obviously we love our children so much, but like you still got to take care of yourself because if you're a mess, then they feed off that shit and they see it. And then, you know, that energy. Yeah. Yeah. That Don't put that bad sketchy. energy on them. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that'd be my biggest thing is find something you love and, and enjoy that if you can and, and make the best of it for everybody around it. So I like that a lot. I, and I honestly, you know, I think you just answered something that I got, you know, planning towards my, the rest of my week and some sacrifices I need to make in order to make sure that we're all good, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I definitely liked hearing that. And sometimes you just need a reminder, you know? And, and I think that's the cool thing about life is you learn lessons through other people and through events. And as long as you, you stay open to it, you're, you're there to learn something. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. You know? I do want to touch on some something due to pertaining to creativity. Um, It's a conversation that I had with my mom the other day, and she doesn't listen to these podcasts because (laughs) I ask her not to. Yeah. Um, But she does love that I do it. She thinks that's a great way for me to express myself and be creative. Um, And with you being an artist in your own ways, do you think that this is basically her take is she says that not pursuing something that that awakens your creative being um, in turn hurts you, you know, because if you never pursue something that you might love, you'll it, it will hurt your soul. It will discourage your soul. Um, do you do you ever think about that? Like, man, thank God I did this, because if I didn't, who knows where I would be? Yeah, 100 percent. I do. Um, that even goes with. that goes back to hockey with me too. Honestly, like I was nervous as fuck to hop into it. Like I was nervous to look dumb when it comes to photography. I was nervous to shoot New York fashion week. Um, I was nervous to do my first wedding alone. I was nervous to do, you know, my first family shoot alone. I was nervous to do my first senior photos alone. Like it's, it's very intimidating to, to really put yourself out there. But when you do the feeling you have is, it's, you know, it's really undescribable. It's remarkable. Yeah. You know, you you thrive under your own pressure and you make the best of whatever situations are thrown at you. You're able to be creative while you're um, doing something that you love. And, you know, you're able to be creative while you're doing something you're still trying to fucking figure out, you know? Hell yeah. So I, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think with how things were for a little bit in our world people wanted everyone to be so cut and dry, like go to school or go to high school, go to college, get a job, make money, have a family and just fucking, you know, they call it the, the nuclear family. And, uh, that is, you know, that is just not how it should be, dude. Yeah. Chief called this ain't it. Yeah. You know, exactly dude. Like, yeah, you know, you got the fucking call and this is just, this ain't the shit you need to do. And, and the, the things you need to do are, you know, adventure and, and find out and, you know, discover anything that, you know, makes you tick or makes you think and, and, you know, gets your, you know, blood flowing and shit, no matter what it is, you know? And, um, you know, it, there's just, uh, I don't know. I lost my train of thought there for a minute, but it's uh, okay because I'm, I'm definitely picking up what you're putting down. And I think that like you definitely need to chase anything that stimulates your mind yeah. that, that, that pushes you to continue to be curious, always stay curious, always stay hungry. Like in any, in any part of life yeah. for me in sales, I have to stay hungry every day. Like I don't have a damn thing. I got to go get it. You know, that's how everyone's mindset should be. I'm not saying they have to, but I think it's a better way of living. 
It's a way to allow room to grow and things like that. Um, I like that. I like that. I like that perspective a lot. You know, I think it, it also goes hand in hand to <clears throat> being creative goes with um, like even doing things differently. So like going into, you know, going to high school, going to college, getting a job, making money and, you know, getting married. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If you could do that successfully and enjoy your life and be creative or not even be creative, but just be happy with that. Yo, more fucking power to you because that's a difficult, that is almost just as difficult as just going, as taking another path and being creative and, or, you know, not necessarily saying that those things aren't creative. Cause that's actually what I was trying to touch on. But, um, like you, you are so fucking personal. You meet these people that you sell cars to and you make an impact on their lives. You're not out there just trying to get money or trying to just, you know, get a car off the lot, dude. You're making these people's day. You're making, you know, their month, their year, their, who knows? You're making their fucking life maybe, getting them their first car they've ever purchased and, and things like that. But like you do it in your own creative way and that is what, that I think is what your mom means. Like to be able to take what you do and make it creative and make it your own and, and thrive through it is what you have to do in your life. Cause I know a lot of my friends too that work in offices that are freaking awesome, dude. They got bring dog, you know, they bring their dogs to work and like they have awesome meetings and, and, and they, you know, there's so much more to life than just cut and dry shit. And I think that's what I'm saying when I mean like the I whole nuclear it. family thing, you need to get away from cut and dry because people want an experience in every single thing they do with every single person they encounter. And experiences are what you remember more than just sitting down, signing some fucking papers or, you know, calling someone cut and dry in a sale over the phone and, you know, you know, collecting that, that check, you know? So I think being creative in anything you do is what is what you should thrive to do. And that's, it feeds your soul. You know, it gets out everything you have flowing around in your head rather than be sitting at home and being like, yo, who knows? Like if I would have chopped it up with them a little bit more. And when I was trying to uh, talk with them or like try to get more personable with them or, you know, made them laugh or, you know, just doing those extra things, like, which I even try and be as extra as I can serving tables because I'm thankful that these people are giving me their business, but I also want them to enjoy my presence with them as well as their whole experience as, as one coming into the restaurant. Right. So, right. you know, just keeping it creative and just, and being good to people and trying to do the best you can, man, that I think people are just, people get so like, Thinking like, I don't know, man, people, you know, it, it makes me sad when people aren't, aren't good to each other, you know, like, absolutely, you know, it, like they're my, too self-absorbed and yeah, you get more if you're, if you're genuine and you're, and you're looking to serve others, if 100%. you're a servant to others, hundred percent, man, like if you can be good to people and like, you know, like I've talked with so many people and like, it's silly to say, but like so many parents and grandparents and, and you know, you learn from your elders, but like the, um, a big piece of wisdom I always get from people is it doesn't cost you anything to be good to people or to be nice to people, you know, and doing the right thing doesn't cost you anything. So, you know, remember that with everything you do in your life and uh, for everybody out there, listen and, and keep that creativity in everything you do to give people those experiences and to make your own experience enjoyable through life. Instead of waking up one day in 50 years being like, why the fuck didn't I live? And, you know, I'm just here, you know, alive right now. So, yeah, you never want to look back on your life and regret. You know, that's that's for damn sure. Mm -hmm. I think that we're the generation that rattled the cage and, and broke that down yeah. and said, no, we're not. We're not going to be. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that kind of plays in part with, you know, some of the demons that I've faced in my life is I, I thought that I had to do everything a certain way. 
You know, that 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 cut copy paste bullshit. I thought I needed to be someone to please others um, and not not in a, a healthy way. And I remember, you know, just being down so bad on my luck and I'm on the phone with my mom. I can't bring it to see her in person and her just telling me, Tristan, my hopes and dreams for you as a parent are not what I expect of you, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I remember where I was. I remember the time of day. I remember everything about that moment because it changed my perspective. And that's when I stopped being a victim and started being a warrior, mm-hmm. you know, time to take control, time to do what, what, what helps me. And in and, and somewhat of a selfish way, I think life is, is the perfect amount of give and take. Yeah. It takes some selfishness um, in a, in a good way. And it takes some, you know, some serving, serving to others and, and, and investing. Um, I think that's the beauty of life. Yeah. I really like where we went with that one. Yeah, I fully agree with that, man. I think that also uh, goes big with um, uh, your own story. Everybody has their own story and no one's fucking story is different. So why try and make your story or your path, you know, even the same uh, as the next man. Yeah, even a small mirror image of someone else's story. You know, it doesn't have to be how your parents did it, how your friend did it, how your, you know, how your grandparents did it. It doesn't have to be like that at all. There is no actual step process in life. It is essentially, in my mind, is about making the best of everything you're faced with and just, you know, enjoying life. You know, even through everything I've been through and my ups and downs and my, you know, my choices I've made, I definitely know I haven't made great ones, but I also know I've made great ones in other things I've done. And every step of it through it, Dude, I, I made sure every day I was laughing and smiling because if I couldn't wake up and laugh and smile, then why the fuck was I here? You know Absolutely. Saying? I think that people people have asked me questions about my past and assume that like things got so dark to where like I'm in this hole and I'm not I'm not leaving, I'm not doing anything. But my mindset said and I and I, I let my soul guide me because I knew that better days were to come. Mm-hmm. And for that simple reason I think that no matter what I'm going through in life, no matter what anyone's going through, if they keep the the mindset of things will get better and I'm blessed to just be alive, you're gonna have a better outlook. You're gonna enjoy the little things in life. That's what that's what matters on a day to day basis is just enjoying everything and living in the moment. Yeah. Regardless of the situation. Yeah, man, I totally, absolutely agree with that because there's definitely times where I thought things weren't going to get better and things weren't going to chill out and, and things like that. And God, dude, was I, you know, so wrong on things and things are good and, and life is good. But, you know, realistically, I think the toughest thing that people face um, is accepting that there will be ups and downs and that life will get fucking difficult right. and it will be good as well. So people can't deal. A lot of people have difficult times dealing with the ups and downs and no one really can like conquer the ups and downs per se, but to be able to roll make, with it, to roll, roll with, with the it punches. and make the best of it and learn from it is where life continues and you make the best of life. Fuck. I love that. I think that was a, that was just a great topic. I think we went, we went strong there. Yeah. Um, let's Absolutely. keep it going. So you, much like me, you've, you've got quite a bit of tattoos. Um, I think that we've, we've definitely added to the, to the arms and the legs, uh, in, in quite a little bit of time. One, how much, how much time do you think you have invested and kind of give, uh, anyone listening a walkthrough of what your tattoos are and what they mean? Okay. Um, so 
Fuck, as far as time, I probably got, <clears throat> let me think, three hours on my forearm, like an hour on my bicep, um, probably like three hours on, like two or three hours on my shin, fuck, on my chest, my first uh, one on my on my chest was like seven hours, and then the centerpiece on my chest was like three hours. Um, and then like three more 10 hour full days. So pushing at least like 30 to 40 hours, like on my body right now. And like looking back, man, like I'm just like so happy. I, I, I did what I did with it. And like the artists that I've gone with, like just super fucking stoked about, um, Sean and Patton over at trustworthy tattoo in Oberlin. Absolutely amazing human. Absolutely amazing tattoo artist. Like his traditional work is in my opinion, like absolutely out of this world. Like I got this tattoo on my shin from him like two years ago now, I think, um, for my grandpa, you know, rest in peace, man. Uh, taught me a lot about my life, taught me a lot about enjoying life and working hard, but, um, it, the color is still absolutely perfect. It's beautiful. It's, it it's is. flawless. The line work is perfect. Um, he just did a piece on my forearm for my dad, uh, which was super dope. I was super excited about, um, kind of like spur of the moment too. I got in there and wasn't sure what I wanted and, I found one of his old uh, traditional uh, ships on there with a rose under it. And like, dude, he just went with it. The color is perfect. The line works perfect, you know, yet again. Um, and then, you know, huge shout out to my dude who's doing, who's been doing my uh, my sleeve on my geometric and my dot work. Uh, Chris Irvin over at um, Seven Inks and Mentor. He started out in, uh, I think, Rootstown and then uh, went to Kent at Black Sheep. A uh, good group of guys out there, too. And uh, now he's at uh, Seven Inks and Mentor. I'm gonna double check the exact name of that on my Instagram real quick, just because yeah, everyone shout at him out. Shot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Seven Inks Tech Two Collective out in Mentor. Amazing artists out there. Super good dudes. Like when I was there, they treated me like family. Like they've done some super dope uh, Mac Miller stuff. Their line works sweet. Like they won some awesome awards at the tattoo convention this year. And like Chris is just like every time I go into a shop, he gets better. And like every tattoo that he's put on me gets better and the line work gets better and the doubt work gets better. And like everything I see on his Instagram and shit, gets better every time I see it. And like not saying that he was bad, but like just to always see a, uh, um, artist, uh, always getting better. Just like, you know, him and Sean, like every time I see you work by them, it's always, it's, I feel like it's always better than the last. And, and that's not discrediting. That's giving more credit because it's, you Fuck know, yeah. hell yeah. To be able to see something that's on someone for the rest of their lives and everything you see is just like, holy shit, holy shit, just so fucking sick and clean. I think that's absolutely awesome. So, you know, I, I really love it. And, you know, money spent on tattoos, um, you know, there's, there's three things I'll spend good money on. And that's, uh, tattoos, good booze, and good food. And, you know, that's, it's all about quality when it comes to those things. And, I'm definitely happy with what I've spent on all those pieces that I have. And, you know, just stoked that I met those guys and have uh, been able to um, uh, be tattooed by them and have them use their creativity on me and uh, have these lifelong pieces that I'll always, you know, cherish and really appreciate those guys for. Hold so. it with honor. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, without I think a doubt. That's super. I love that you touched on feeling welcome there because I think the the, the main thing um, about the tattoo community is uh, some of it's ego driven, you know, definitely there's a lot of uh, big egos in the, in the industry and there's a lot of humble people too, that are just good, 
people doing good work. Um, but I know like before all, all of my tattoos started, um, I was still in high school and my parents wanted to give me a, get me a tattoo for my first, uh, for my first tattoo for my 16th birthday, I believe. And I remember going around with my dad and my mom to some different places. Um, just trying to see one, like what kind of work they did, see if they would tattoo a fucking child. Um, and I just remember like in some places being like, I, regardless of the work that they're doing, I am not going there because I did not feel welcome. I think that's a huge thing. Like create an open environment because a lot of people are they're they're there and they're doing something that's uncomfortable physically and mentally, you know, um, that's body modification. Yeah. And that takes some, some guts to, to go in there and to do that. So especially with first timers, um, you know, treat them well. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's very intimidating to get a tattoo. It, It really can be, you know, you walk in and you see people getting tattooed and you see, you know, guys usually, you know, guys or girls, I'm sorry, that are tattooing are usually covered in tattoos and a um, biker look, right? Yeah. They, they can definitely look tough, but you know, if you can walk in and feel welcomed and comfortable right away, I think that's so huge because like, you know, like I said, it's, it's uncomfortable. And like you said, to, to be, have your body modified essentially. And like, you know, essentially giving them the power to, to throw an open wound on your uh, body for, you know, a couple of days until it heals up and something that's on you forever, um, is, is definitely, it's intimidating and it's a little nerve wracking and it can definitely be a little scary because, you know, if there is a mess up, that's on you for life. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, to just feel welcome, man, like, like you go anywhere you want to feel welcome, but in such a, um, uh, you know, important environment, um, or not important, but, in such a, you know, different, I should say, environment, um, it's it's very important to feel welcome. So. And you feel vulnerable, you know? You're, oh, dude, absolutely. So I get it. Their, their faith, your faith is in their hands, yeah. you know, because it's something you have to carry around with either shame or honor the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I get that completely. Yeah, and I mean, the vulnerability also goes with, like, you're fucking laying on a table for eight hours and getting your chest blasted or your fucking arm or shoulder or back blasted or, you know, straight sprayed. Yeah, dude. And wherever that's at on your body, like, you know, you are kind of taken out of, um, the world, uh, as far as what's going on there, you're trying to stay focused on what's going on and, uh, potentially dealing with the pain. If it's something you're not crazy about and or in a rough spot and shit like that. So, um, if you're not comfortable getting tattooed, that's got to be fucking terrifying. Like oh, I've been yeah. super blessed and super lucky that like every tattoo shop I've gotten work from has been just some of the coolest people I've ever met. Super fucking nice. Like just, you know, awesome people. So, you know, I feel like I'm like hanging out with essentially friends and like now that I've, you know, been getting tattooed by uh, Chris out at uh seven inks and Mentor for so long. I, I mean, I feel like he's one of my friends. Like we, you know, if I need something done or if I'm looking for something new, I can shoot him a text and he'll respond. And like, you know, I know about his, his family and stuff like that. And so to, to have that family feeling in a business environment still, um, is, is a huge fucking deal. Like you said, you know, it makes so, the whole world a difference. Yeah, Absolutely. Man, you're going in to hang out with some friends and get some awesome work done. You're not going to fucking get tattooed and maybe not even fucking talk, talk to the artist or <laughs> be nervous about what's going to happen. So yeah, you know, like we said, like if you're going to get tattooed, make sure it's a shop you're feeling comfortable in because it can be an intimidating thing to to be a part of, especially for your first piece. Yeah, and enjoy every moment of it. I, I can say for me, uh, and I'm sure with you, anyone that you see covered is most of the time addicted. I don't think anyone is doing it that 
truly hates tattoos. Yeah. Uh, there's always a point, though, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what piece I'm getting sprayed, where I'm like, fuck, I hate tattoos. You know, <laughs> like, man, I hate this. Yeah. And for me, like, I really, like, I had a lot of tattoos uh, before I got sober. But when I got sober, I went all the way in. I got a whole sleeve done, uh, like, in one day. Like, I, in one sitting, I said, I want this, this, and this. Um, let's do it. And for me, it was a way for a, um, a mindset that I hadn't had in years to release endorphins in like a, in somewhat of a healthy and, and positive way. Um, it's safe to say that you're addicted to tattoos, correct? Oh, absolutely. Okay. And I fully agree with what you say. Like a safe environment to release endorphins. Like, dude, I've talked to many, many people about it. Like getting tattooed is totally a pain therapy type of thing. I mean, for as much like pain as you can potentially be in for the spot that you're getting it in, it is totally fucking self-help, dude. You're getting something creative. You're going through pain or you're going through some type of situation. And at the end, something beautiful is coming out of it. And like, I fully, fully fucking agree that tattoos and getting tattoos are so much more than just get going to a shop, sitting down, getting blasted and leaving. Like it is just, I mean, and, and if it is that for you, more power to you. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, man, if you're using it in a, in, you know, a positively, uh, like a good coping mechanism or, or, uh, a way to, you know, just, you know, do something you love or whatever it may be, express your art and shit like that, man, it's, it can be, it can be really therapeutic, man. Absolutely. And honestly, I, I say this, um, literally tattoos have saved my life. Um, you know, about three years ago before I had anything that I have today, um, just a kid right out of treatment. I remember going to get tattooed and literally I'd be there spending my time after work, you know, in a, in a safe environment doing something that I loved. And sometimes I would, I would get done and I'd get back to the, the center that I was staying at and I'd find out that someone died, you know, and it's like, I could have been with them or that could have been me. And there was just so many times and still to this day, we're like, I'm just so grateful for what that community, what Sandy at Plaid Cat can do. And just like, it, it literally saved my life on multiple occasions. Um, That's amazing, dude. Yeah. I did not know that. That's truly fucking amazing. All about outlook. Definitely. <laughs> What's the most painful tattoo you got? A hundred percent. This sucks. Um, I don't want to get that again. I don't know, man. It's it's definitely a tie between my sternum and my shin. Um, the line work on my shin was definitely definitely pretty rough, but when he got to the color and the shading, um, I chilled out pretty good. But uh, the sternum, man, was – I mean, that shakes your whole fucking core. Yeah. You know? And and I think the thing I hate most about getting my chest tattooed or, like, getting my shoulders and shit tattooed was laying down on your back and essentially being disconnected from everything else going on in the world – for you know five six seven ten hours dude i fucking hated that like yeah you're getting tattooed and like you're talking to your artist but like you're on your back you're staring into a fucking light your arm gets sore from holding your phone over your face or like it's just annoying to do and you're just you're, you feel like your own you're in your this like completely different world from everyone else you're in your zone dude yeah and and i fucking hated that at first but like after getting so many done on my chest and shit like i totally grew to adapt to that and just like zone in and and just like get comfortable in that place and that's you can grow there yeah and and kind of um like what's the word i'm trying to think of uh like 
I don't even know the word I'm trying to think of, but like kind of like sit back and think and, and be in your own head, like in a, in a healthy way. And it like, gives you time to reflect. That's the word I'm trying to think of. Yeah. Hell yeah. Man. yeah. It gives you time to reflect and like just absolutely kick it, man. That, that pain therapy is, you know, one of my top five favorite things to do as far as uh, self-help goes for sure. I remember uh, getting the death wish cross on the back of my neck that goes up under my skull Brutal. and Dude, like, so I thought that this was going to be terrible because it's, you see, it's a big fucking cross it ain't fucking small, and it's dude. totally filled in. Yeah. And I remember she's like, all right, bro, you're ready for this. And I'm like, Sandy, let's go. And she starts <laughs> drilling me. And I just, it was not as bad as, so the neck part hurt like hell. Yeah. But w- when it got onto my skull, it was like rattling. Mm-hmm. So it didn't, it wasn't pain. It felt like you were getting a haircut, but a s- intense rattle. Yeah. And like for that, I won't say it's the most painful because it wasn't. It was the most uncomfortable because yeah. it was like rattling so much. Uh, the reflection that we talk about, that time to reflect yeah. was out the window immediately. It was yeah. like, yep, fuck that. Boom. Yeah. Through that. Uh, could not think. And I remember at one point just being like head bouncing off the mat like, dude, are you almost done? And she's like, <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. I'm like, man. Close, <laughs> you know, but eventually after a certain amount of time. Uh, I adapted and it, it was fine, you know. Uh, it's it's just funny. Yeah. It's funny the the mental preparation and the mental war that you go into getting the tattoo. Yeah. That you know the tattoo artist is like, he's not thinking about it no. or she's not thinking about it, no. but you're looking over there like, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you Hope know? you're enjoying yourself because I'm fucking not right now. Right, I'm miserable. Yeah. Yeah, the nerves, like the way the nerves work when it comes to tattoos are crazy too. Like, I remember getting my bicep done and like I could feel it in my chest and then like I was getting my chest done and I could feel up in my neck. Like I actually stopped when Chris was doing my first uh, mandala with the aperture symbol in the center on my chest. Um, It was like, it's like lightweight high up my neck. Like if I were to wear a V neck, you'd definitely be able to see uh, a little bit of it and some lines on it and shit like that. And like, I remember him doing it and actually stopping him, telling him to stop and being like, yo dude, how fucking high up my neck are you? Like, it feels like you were in the center of my fucking neck. Like, if I go home with a fucking neck tattoo, I'm going to get murdered. And for two, I do not want a fucking neck tattoo. <laughs> I'm fucking 20 years old and don't even have a job yet. Like, what is going on? And he, like, started dying laughing. He's like, bro, you are good. Like, I promise. He's like, here, dude, here's a fucking mirror and showed me. And I was like, dude, I feel like it's in my fucking neck. He's like, yes. yeah, that's how it's going to be for a little bit. Like, on this part that I'm doing. And, like, that shit blew my fucking mind, dude. I could not fucking believe that. I was like holy shit like dudes on my chest and i feel like he's up drilling on my neck i always get that um i was just in there last week getting some work done and she was like getting i thought she was on my on the very tip of my elbow which Mm -hmm. sucks that's a terrible spot yeah and i'm like sandy what are you doing are you filling my elbow in black (laughs) like what is going on there she's like i'm nowhere near your elbow (laughs) i've heard people um especially with like the sternum like you were talking about feel like it's in their uh armpit Mm -hmm. you know and things like that i think the armpit is the most gnarly spot to get a tattoo now i'm not saying i I think it looks cool but i'm saying pain wise like you have to be an animal to get that done yeah fully agree with that like I've seen some dope ass armpit tattoos and like at the same time my sleeve is done up on the inside of my bicep so it's like it's like close to my armpit and like I would I don't I mean I really have no desire to get my armpit tattooed like I grow a decent amount of armpit hair so like no desire to fucking get a tattoo that's essentially going to be covered in hair like no offense to anyone shit on their head or anywhere that gets covered in hair but like yeah like 
to throw some like buckets, you know, some some money at a fucking piece in my armpit that I'm gonna have to like shave over. Like I think I'm like straight on that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely miss me with that. Um, what do you have planned next? Um, so I have my my whole right arm uh, planned out. Actually, not necessarily placement or like what it's actually going to be, but, um, I'm going, uh, with Sean Patton right now. He is doing traditional pieces all over my right arm leading into the center of my chest where my other traditional and geometric piece meet and where the color and the black and white meets. Um, so I'm going to do my whole left arm is in my left side of my chest is just geometric and like black, like grayscale shit. Um, where it meets in the center, I have a rose, um, with a dagger through it, uh, with my son's initials on there. I got to add my daughter's initials on the top now. Um, but, and that has color and is traditional too, but it's also geometric and has a dot work and shit. God, um, that's so sick. Dude, you know, and that was like the, it was funny. Cause when I got that, I was like, dude, this fucking sucks. And he's like, you know, why fucking people think, uh, chess pieces are so badass because they fucking suck to get done. He's like, I don't <laughs> think I've ever done a fucking gnarly ass dad. Like, chest piece like this like you're literally getting a fucking rose through a dagger with your kids initials like that's so fucking dope and i was like like i totally felt like a whole new perspective i was like yeah this is pretty fucking gnarly Took that like, shit on the chin afterwards honestly bro i was like yeah dude i'm fucking tough like i got two kids like what's up like oh man that was fucking sick but uh yeah i'm gonna do uh traditional pieces for each one of my family members my siblings uh my three kids my parents i already have one for my dad um, I have one for my mom's parents, and then I'm doing uh, a piece for my dad's parents. Um, definitely one for my grandma soon. That just passed away in June. Uh, rest in peace to a fucking amazing woman, dude. Just always laughing, always making jokes. Like, you know, I, I'm glad I got to spend the time with her. I did at the end, but I, I'm really stoked to uh, pay tribute to her with a tattoo. I'm actually taking this uh, stitching she did of a Native American uh, woman with a headpiece on. Uh, cause my dad's side is native American. Her and my grandpa are both native American. Um, so I'm going to take that and turn it into a traditional piece and like, uh, replicate what she did and have that for her. So I'm, I'm really, really stoked to do that for her and my grandpa. That's so creative. Yeah. I'm That's I, I've, so awesome. I, you know, I've been seeing it on their wall since I was, you know, I don't even know how old and I've always said my entire life, I'm going to get that tattooed on me. I'm going to get that tattooed on me. And my wow. one brother always said it too. And I finally was like, listen, bro, like. It's time to fucking shit or get off the pot. Like, you know me. If I got money, I'm going to get a tattoo. So if you're not going to get it anytime soon, then you need to speak up because I'm going to go get it done. And he was like, I'm probably going to go soon. And then the other day I gave him shit about it. And I was like, I'm letting you know I'm probably doing that within the next year or so. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, and then I'll do three pieces for my uh, brothers as well. And there's this dope artist out of uh, Arkansas that comes into Sean Patton's shop. Uh, sometimes I'm pretty sure they're boys. His name is drew something what is it drew wilson he's out of arkansas he does uh traditional uh fish like he does his own twist on these fucking like traditional like colorful and creative like trout and like whoa all these dope ass fish and like my he's brother cody too. is like a yeah dude he, yeah he does stickers he does uh like art you can pick up from him or get shipped out and stuff and uh those are beautiful i'm looking at him right now he's showing me on ig um keep talking but oh, definitely no, good, shout out okay, his handle shout out his handle after that okay um let's his handle is drew lr i don't know how you say it but it's all drew. lowercase all one word yeah all okay. lowercase one word this dude's i love his fish work and my brother's a big fly fisherman and like 
everything, you know, anything outdoor in Colorado, he's all about. So I'm definitely trying to get a piece for him next time uh, this dude comes into uh, Ohio so I can so I can uh, do that for my brother. I think that'd be sick. But, That'll um, be badass. And your your brother is a true outdoorsman. Oh, dude. Oh, my through, God. Man. I remember even when he's when he would be home and, like, be at the end of a McCarty party or I'd wake up in the next morning and he'd be, like, in the backyard with his bow just, like, drilling targets. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, it's, like, 8 in the morning. He's like, ah, nah, this shit don't sleep. I'm like, all right, bro. Yeah, <laughs> like, dude. Go get it. 100%. Always ripping fucking uh, bows at stuff and... He's been like elk hunting out in Colorado and like oh that's sweet hiked crazy like mountains and you know just been all over the place trying to do that type of stuff so um, you know and he's really been there for me through a lot of shit and all my brothers have a hundred percent but like one of the best families ever appreciate that brother a lot seriously and you know we treat you know your family to us too we all we all love you my brothers Thank always you. love seeing you my parents as well so uh, it's it's good to have you be a part of our family because your your family always showed me love too so it's it's oh definitely God, a mutual. Yeah. Mutual love showing uh, group of families out here. So, <clears throat> but uh, you know, my brother uh, Cody, he was here for me when I first found out about my first son, and um, you know, a lot of uh, confusion for you know everyone involved. Uh, I'd say, but he just you know really had my back through everything, and you know when he moved away, it was really tough, and when my brother Anthony moved away, like. It was like, so Cody left and then Anthony was just here with me and me and him got super tight again and he supported me through a lot of shit. And then like, I got to share experiences with uh, my little brother Dylan at college and like, you know, I'm just, I'm so fucking blessed to have the brothers I do and the parents I do. And like, hell yeah. So to be able to, to give them a tattoo, um, that is on me for the rest of my life and to represent them, um, you know, for the rest of my life, I think, I think that's the least I could do for the things that they've done for me, you know? Absolutely. Um, one, I think another really, really sweet event, not an event, but like something that we would do in our childhood is, you know, what your family like allowed us to do and going to Kelly's Island and going up to Old Town, mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. Um, Kelly's Island, I remember the one trip was fucking hilarious. And I, I, I vividly remember you me i'm not gonna name drop everybody but i remember us like just like being so stoked to go so we're like driving out to the ferry we get there and i remember me and uh me and one of the boys are like we're tanked off natty lights and i remember like we have to piss so bad that we try to break in into the bathroom we didn't try to break in it was it should have been opened yeah um and we're like pushing on the door and like screwing on the door and like we got in and we scared this old man that was in there to the point where he pissed on the ground and i remember me and him just like looking at each other like what did we just do like why did we do that it's funny because i actually remember that exactly we're like why the fuck is the fucking uh, bathroom <laughs> locked? Like, yeah, because we were ripping. I mean, as soon he as was we got in there the all too, the whole time. That yeah, old like man must have been twenty stuck minute in ride, bro. Like, yeah, dude, he probably fucking did get stuck in there. Right, that's the saddest part. I gotta go live real quick for this because this is some yeah. good stories from Kelly's Island. No problem. Let's see. Let's check the connection. I don't know. All right, um, now live. What's up, everybody? That's awesome. Live out here, T Money. Yo, on the podcast. Um, out here chatting up, stay right there. So, 
once we got there, I remember like, dude, we were skating heavy then. Like yeah. we were skating tough. Yeah. Um, we all had our boards and like, dude, like some like Stacy Peralta Dogtown <laughs> shit. We jump off the boat and just immediately skate all the way to the house, which like. In retrospect, like that was far as fuck, bro. Yeah, like we close, we bro. took a trip, yeah. And I just I I think that that's hilarious. Yeah. Um, main thing being is that is you good? Yeah, I'm live. Yeah, I'm straight. awesome. I'm just um, getting it right so we can both be in it. Um, yeah, dude, that that's like a decent like little trip down there. Like if like if you don't have like a golf cart or a car to like take you down to the house, like you're gonna it's it's gonna be a minute. Like we had people that would like stay in our um our. Uh, cottage that we had there and they wouldn't bring their car to like save a couple of bucks and they'd be like they'd like start walking and be like holy fuck like fuck this like right. we got our bags and shit like they'd have to stop and get a golf cart but like hey man like you know more power to you as well if you're trying to walk but like dude i remember walking back drunk i think the one time we did didn't we yeah when we were up there dude that shit was fucking miserable or like, that fucking dude what about that wine cellar did oh it big, yeah that, dude i try to ask people that because kelly's is generally pretty small yeah absolutely so if you've been there you spend a decent amount of time i feel like people should know about that place correct yeah um it's some creepy people as fuck. know about it yeah it's, it's definitely so creepy weird. um the people that we've like brought up there definitely know about it because like everyone we bring up there always like checks it out and like uh with us because we always bring them back there and shit but um yeah that's like been there for i mean as long i mean i don't know as long as i've been going there um it's been going on or it's been there and uh we take everybody back there like creep them out a little bit like uh have a dart back there maybe like have a couple drinks a few darts for the boys eh? a few darts for the boys like you can't go wrong (laughs) honestly you know what i'm saying and uh you know like looking back like the the different amount of people i brought there and the different groups i brought there and like the fun times we had there like i mean they're just like unending like everything we did like i mean what else did we do like what was the um Dude, okay, so the one time, yo, hey, thanks, Tom, appreciate you, buddy. And uh, the one time we were there, and remember we were on the porch, hanging out, drinking, and, you know, doing what we do. And, like, looking back at it, like, we were way too fucking casual for, like, I don't even think anyone was 21 yet. No, I don't even think I was, I I was 18, but still, bro. (laughs) uh, We thought we were grown folk, dude. We were like, yeah, we can do whatever we want. Like, we're good. Like, thank God, like, no one was like, what the fuck are these kids doing? Like, and called on us or anything like that. But, like. We carried ourselves well, though. We did. Yeah, like, we were good, but there was definitely some shit we were doing where we were like, "Mm, I don't know if we should, like, keep doing this. Like, but uh, at the same time, like, no, nobody gave a fuck. And we didn't break anything, and we didn't get in trouble. So that was, like, that one, uh, that final, like, um, trust that my parents were like, all right, you can take your friends up there and, like, do your thing up there. So Yeah. And we were totally respectful, but, yeah. man, do we have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. It sucks that we don't have it anymore, but I get it, man. It's it, it's it's super expensive up there, and everything's expensive nowadays. But I'm just blessed that my parents gave us those experiences or let us have those experiences uh up on the island with uh, tons of different people and, you know, enjoying it the way we did. So golf cart rides, yeah. always, always a good time. Even the golf cart, golf cart rides in Amherst. I know you remember another time us all skating, we're in uptown and we took the golf cart. I don't know why it was even home. Like it you, normally was there Yeah, and we had it and we're cruising around and we were actually pretty young at the time, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. And you had your license. I do know that. Yeah. And I remember we got pulled over right by, church street and i remember like me thinking like oh my dad's an amorous cop it'll be fine uh he came and asked us all our names 
And I told him my name, and he didn't bat an eye. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. Why would he? Yeah. Uh, and then he says, does anyone have warrants? And you, you, no. Dylan, no. Me, uh, I maybe. I don't know. Why <laughs> did I say that? Yeah. You guys looked at me like, you, what the fuck, yeah. dude? 16 years old, telling a copy, maybe you have warrants. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's ready to, like, murder you, essentially. Like, what the <laughs> fuck are you, like, why does this 16-year-old have fucking warrants? And I smiled after, and I just remember him looking at me like, yeah, that's not funny, dude. Yeah, and I know your fucking dad. You definitely don't have warrants at right. 16. <laughs> Hey, oh my Caleb, god! Caleb, absolutely, dude. Memories on the island can't fucking beat him, dude. Some Always of the best. a good time. Absolutely. Is that Cam Gall? Yeah, dude. Cam my Gall guy. On, I think I don't know if he's still on, but he did sign on for a minute. Let me check. Redwall's still on. I don't know how it tells you who's still on. Yeah, Caleb and Cam. Oh yeah, Cammy, I love to my see it. Boy. Love to see it. Absolutely, dude. I used to see some of Cam's friends from back home. Yeah. Like from his hometown in Athens. I hey, think some of them up, went buddy? there. My dude. He said, what up, boys? Hell yeah. Yeah. I remember every time, like, every time I go to Columbus, too, I would, like, randomly run into him. Like, out of all the fucking bars, just randomly run into him and Matt, like, almost every fucking time. Fuck, dude. yes. Like, so fucking random. But, I mean, that makes sense. They were always running around down there, so. Have you ever heard of a spot in Columbus that's right off a of high street called, uh, I think it's called Catfish Pizza? They do, like, sheet pizzas. I don't think I've ever heard of that place. Dude, it is so fire. I don't know if it's still there. I'll I'll have to look it up. Okay. Um, I used to get that religiously when I would go and go to uh, Ohio State campus. That shit slaps, dog. No shit. It's, it's it's totally different style of pizza than Old Town. You know, it's not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. But for that late night hitter, oh my. Yeah. Oh my lord. Cam said, get your asses back down here. Hey, we're on that dad life now, but we can't be getting our asses nowhere on the easy. Yeah. <clears throat> if we're leaving, we got a fucking plan for a month. <laughs> yeah, I got to put into uh, paid time off and shit like that. Yeah, on that adult life, unfortunately. We'll work something out, though. I definitely want to see you, buddy. Yeah, we'll come kick it for sure. I had a place, a pizza place down there. Um, last time I went with my brother, we saw the Kings play the uh, Blue Jackets. Fucking pissed me off, bro. Kings were winning the entire time. Fucking, Kings Nation on the on the McCarty side. Oh, uh, dude, they fucking Columbus pulled their goalie, uh, put in a cold goalie at the end, and they Rookie still fucking move. came back and fucking won at the end with like three minutes left. And Caleb, before you talk shit, Jonathan Quick was not in the fucking net, so <laughs> eat shit. He did not blow it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a fucking dope ass time. And uh, we went to this place. It was in the Arena District, and then you go down. There's a speakeasy down there. Cam, you know what I'm talking about? Um, I can't remember what it's called, but like, it's super dope. Like, I think the speakeasy environment nowadays is so sick. Yeah. There was one in Florida. It was like inside you go in through the sushi bar and then you'd have to like basically go through another bouncer in the back through the kitchen mm -hmm. and then he'd let you in. And it was like, we're all like the mixologists and the chefs of the, you know, Sarasota district yeah. would go after their shift. Okay. And it was just, it, I love speakeasies. I think they're sweet. Hell I get yeah. that Capone vibe. Yeah, absolutely. The The one in uh, Columbus that we went to had you like, so we smashed some food and then my brother's buddy with us, Nick Burke, shout out. You always show us a good time when we're down in Columbus as well. Um, we went downstairs and we actually went through like these coolers, like, like a refrigerator and walked through this like refrigerator basically into uh, this speakeasy and they made us these awesome ass drinks and like it was lit up all cool and stuff like that and like. I remember being like the only person there with some Kings gear on and people were like, 
no one, everyone was like cool as fuck. People were definitely <laughs> right, looking right. at me like, what the fuck are you doing here, bro? Like, this is a Columbus. BPD. You got some balls like, on you, boy. Yeah, like, what are you thinking, bro? But, uh, you know, I'm, that's that's who I am. That's that's how I do. Who else is on here right now? Hell yeah. Oh, you got quite a bit going on yeah, over there. Yeah, that bad, dude. Okay. I'm going to post this up somewhere so I can. So here, I don't use this. Um, use that. You could probably. Door, bro. Hold on. Let's see. Okay. Let's see if I can profit. I'm going to take a quick break boys at the rangers you know what i'm saying but hey you know bandwagon is bandwagon my boy jonathan quick that's my brother you know people say i'm like jonathan quick when i'm on the ice so uh what's he talking about caleb he's out here he, <laughs> he had to trip me out about them that's what he always fucking does that's, that's my boy. crazy oh yeah but you know you know we can't all like winning teams all the time you know so but uh can't talk too much this year because uh unfortunately la did not make it to the uh run uh revised playoff thing that they fucking did but you know tis what it is can't win them all talking about an animal on the ice though caleb is a fucking dog yeah yeah caleb yeah it was dude i'll tell you what uh, uh speaking of like hockey and like you know enjoying college and photography like everything really thrown in together uh in in one thing being on the ice um and on the bench with uh the kent state hockey team just a fucking awesome group of guys. So just always so cool to me. Like made me feel like one of the team, like invited me to parties and I traveled on the road with them for playoffs one time. And like, you know, to, to have a, a friend like Caleb on there and um, have him help me get involved with them and do their photos and stuff for the newspaper. And, you know, I won a, an award for a story uh, for a photo story on there. And, you know, just forever grateful for the experiences with that. And like those guys that I met, uh, Bootsy, uh, Bobby, Caleb, um, TJ. I mean, just ev- every guy I met on that team, uh, just everyone was always super cool to me. So Some damn savages, too. I yeah. feel like hockey players are damn near cage fighters on ice. Yeah. You're, like, y'all you're are fucking scrappy that. as hell. Um, uh, do you follow UFC at all? Oh, absolutely, dude. I feel absolutely. like like Caleb mm-hmm. on, on the ice mm-hmm. reminds me of like a Luke Rockhold or like a <laughs> Conor McGregor. Like a fuck. Like if he was a cage fighter, he'd be a fucking kickboxer. Yeah, he'd absolutely. Throw those legs around. Yeah, long and cut. Right, but strategic at the same time. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was uh doing all that was like always a good. Oh wait, what are you doing? You're I can good. talk. Okay, yeah. my bad. Yeah, Caleb, absolutely. That trip was a fucking trip, dude. Um, just having a good time. Always, man. Um, you know, I mean, you know what else I remember too, Caleb? I got to bring this up too because this was fucking hilarious. Was being hammered and going down the street to that fucking house where those guys stole your fucking house. And we went and destroyed all their Wait, fucking what pumpkins. what did they do? What did they steal? So they were going to move into another house the following year or something like that. And like... These either, I don't know if it was guys or girls, they basically like just took the house right out from underneath them somehow. But like, oh, I don't know the full thing on it, but like, we went down to their fucking house and took all their fucking pumpkins and smashed them in the streets. Like, we're like casually walking down uh, on that old gangster shit, bro. I think it was like the Peister Street, or I don't even remember what street it was. We all have like a fucking drink in hand, like, ready to just destroy some shit, dude. It was so fucking funny. That's a that's a little bit of gang rivalry right there. Some yeah. street beef. Honestly, it might have been another sports team that took the house too. I don't exactly remember. It better not have been rugby. Get motherfuckers. Yeah. 
Um, I do know that that Kent State as a whole, though, has definitely put out some athletes. Um, I know my personal favorite. I'm pretty sure that um, the the football team has had a few guys go pro. Yeah, I mean, uh, recently, Dylan just graduated with uh, Julian Edelman. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean, granted, he just he just walked because he never walked before. But like, yeah, that's definitely like pretty sweet. Like Julian Edelman went there. Um, so I, I'm a kick returner. Devin, H- not Devin Hester. Um, who's a fucking Josh Cribs? Yeah, I think he went. Yeah, to Josh Kent. Cribs went to Kent. You're right. Um, a dude from Pittsburgh that was pretty solid uh, a few years ago. He went there. Um, if you know, drop it in the chat. If you know who we're talking about, yeah. If you I know any other Kent, know. Kent players, Dev, if you're still on here, shout out to you. I was talking about photographers earlier on the podcast before that live. You're amazing. Always appreciate working with you. Getting me into the studio. Appreciate you. You're awesome. It'll be uploaded tonight. Yeah. Madison Carnell, if you're still on here too, shout out to you. Uh, Beast on the hair side. She is just yeah. doing her thing. Yeah. Got her own salon going, She's doing makeup it. and hair and stuff for weddings and shit. Yes. Big shouts out to her. I shoot a lot of weddings and anyone that she's ever doing makeup and stuff for, they are always super fucking pleased. So trying to get good work done, hit her up for sure. I love to hear it. Love to hear it. Absolutely. So there's a few other things. Um, <laughs> obviously, it comes down to how much. How, yeah, obviously, how much time we we want to be on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it it goes without being said. Like we talked about earlier, I'm pretty sure people are going to want to keep seeing this. Mm-hmm. You know, how often is totally up to you. I'm yeah. I'm I'm flexible with whatever. Yeah. Um, but if it works, it works, and it's been working. Yeah. It's been working well. Yeah, today is definitely uh, going the right way, and uh, we're flowing well. And it's I definitely would love to be on here regularly. I think that would be a hell of a time. Are you? Do you still skate at all or no? You don't got time for that Dude, shit. Dude, I wish I did. I feel like I totally switched gears and like put all that extra time into like getting on ice as much as I could before all this COVID shit hit. But I still have my penny board and my fucking West Side board, so... If I wanted to Fuck hop on it, I definitely board. could do it. Fuck a penny board. I cannot ride it. Dude, Too you're big a big footed. cat. What do you yes, fucking expect, bro? Sir. Shit. Oh, Those things God. are like fucking 14 inches long. Like, I remember Adam Board used to have a penny board and was quick as fuck on the thing. Yeah. But I could not keep up. I was like, homeboy, slow down. Oh, yeah, dude. You can surf the fucking street with those things. They're dope as fuck. But... They turn quick. Mm-hmm. I mean, damn, bro. Yeah. There was this hill in Kent, actually. Um, so when you're in Kent... I I don't even remember what it was, but it was by like Franklin Hall was right here. And then like, um, I don't even remember the other halls, but like, it was like this, this hill and you'd go up and around it. The bus would always go that way. And I would come down from my dorm and I wouldn't ride on anything like through all the, um, like where everyone was walking and shit like that. But if I didn't have class and I was just going down to the 111 Sherman street house, mm-hmm. I would, uh, my bad. You're good. I would um, hop on that that hill with uh, my penny board. Well, it's like a nickel nickel board. It's a little bit be- bigger, and just absolutely just surf down that fucking hill. And dude, I think that was like my favorite part of every day. Like just being able to do that. And like looking back, like that was, like that was definitely like a little sketchy. Like cars were coming, buses were coming. Like it takes balls. That's what skating is. Yeah. I love that's that's what I love is mm-hmm. the adrenaline that comes from doing shit you know you shouldn't be doing. Absolutely. <laughs> like know, fat cracks it. in the road and I'm just like fuck it dude. I'll just pop that pop that front up. <laughs> yeah, pop the front up or try and like get a spot where like it's repaved and shit like that. Like absolutely no fear. And like there was definitely times where I like ate shit and there was definitely times where I like almost ate shit where I was like if I would have ate shit, I was fucking done for, dude. Yep. Yeah, like I mean 
But like that was like my thing too. Like when I used to skate, like if I was hitting a skate park or going to skate a spot with buddies, like my first thing I would try and do was like the hardest thing I could do. So I would eat shit and get that uh, that um like initial like fear, like intimidation of like cut it right the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. Nip it in the butt. Yeah, because once it. that's gone, dude, you're just gonna ride way fucking better and Absolutely. have way much way more fun. Fuck yes. Let's see, let's see what Caleb said. Yeah. James Harrison. Okay. James Harrison played in Pitt. I didn't realize he went to uh he went to Kent. No, I didn't either. Is that that big motherfucker that's still lifting like four hundred and like five hundred pounds, like squatting and doing crazy shit? Uh, we're about to find out right now. Who else just signed on there? Mm. I wish I had better eyes, man. My vision is booty. Dude, I can't see a damn thing going on yeah, on there right thank now. Thank god I got glasses and contacts. I can see a little bit, but wish I could definitely see a little bit better. James Harrison. Who is that? He's still there? playing for Pitt. Yeah, he's a Debo ass. Hey, boy. Jaren, what up, baby? Who else? I don't know who that is. Nichols? Is that? I don't know. Ah, uh, Chris Rand, my man. What <laughs> is up, dude? Chris Rand used to work at OTP. Absolute beauty of a guy. I love I love some of the staff that used to work there. Like, I mean, I'm saying not saying I don't know who works there now. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a lot different. Man, like the the McCarty family as a whole has just plugged me into so many different people, places, and events that I don't. I mean, man, bro, Chris. Yeah, dude. There, we've had so many different types of people. We've had so many awesome people. Like. I mean, like growing up at Old Town, like I'm still tight with like so many people that worked there their entire lives or, you know, in high school that I've been friends or that I've known my entire life and like have taught me so many different things and like have just been like parts of my life. And like, I'm just eternally grateful for the experiences I've shared, the fun times I had, like just always a fucking good time going through Old Town and in the different people we've met, man. It, it, it's yes. been a never ending cycle of madness, fun jokes and like crazy times, you know, nothing was better though. As after a late night, you would just come back with that wing header, that, that, that hot wing barbecue wing combo. You know what I'm talking about too? Absolutely, dude. That fire. Yeah. Ripping up some wings. Shout out Caleb too. He said a uh, big OTP uh, crew member two days. He worked, Did he work there for two days? Yeah, two days, bro. <laughs> I think he might have uh, had the record for the uh, quickest time at Old Town Pizza. <clears throat> but uh, it's all love, dude. That shit cracked me up. I was like, yeah, dude, come work with me. That'll be dope. Two days in, he's like, yeah, bro, this ain't for me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dude, I was fucking dying, dude. I'll never forget that. Oh, my God, dude, that's funny. We, we'll still talk about it. And he always says, I don't know how you guys fucking hear on the phones, dude. You guys <laughs> fucking take orders. There's a million things going on. I couldn't fucking hear shit, dude. Uh, Fuck taking phone calls. Just like you guys have to do it, I have to do it for work. Mm -hmm. And there's like some things about uh, customer service mm -hmm. and taking phone calls that just sucks. Yeah, dude. Uh, the worst, and I can only, I, I hope that no, you don't get this because they're calling to order food. But when I take a phone call and someone's eating food, mm -hmm. I'm like, stop chewing. I'm going to come through there and strangle you through the fucking <laughs> phone, you asshole. Yeah, we're kind of lucky with that because people are calling to get food, so we don't deal with that often. But, um, dude, we have some funny phone calls. Like, So this one the other day, um, 
Uh, I'm actually not going to talk about that one. <laughs> That's I probably okay. shouldn't. But totally we've had okay. some funny phone calls and funny experiences because I don't want to upset anybody that comes through and talk about that type of stuff. But uh, Nothing but love, though. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone that calls in, man, we appreciate you no matter how awesome or funny or goofy or wild the phone call is. Like, if you're fucking calling our phones, man, you're giving us business. So it's all love, like straight up. Like, just eternally grateful for that. So Yes. But uh, Chris Ryan, bid good, my dude. Good to see you. Um, what's he saying up there? Here, grab it. He said, I miss the OTP days. I don't feel like holding it anymore. <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> going to say, you could prop it just on you if you wanted. I mean, that way you can see it better. I guess we can do that. Let's, oh, shit. I'm going to catch it. The phone's taking, taking a dip. Yeah. All right, let's see. I'm adjusting it now. Let's see what we got going over here. I'll edit all this shit out. I'll just do another three count, and then we'll get back to it. You got anything you want to talk about? Um, He said, uh, what did he say? I've been good, bro. Um. Yeah, man, we miss OTP days of you there too, man. I'll tell you what, man. Some of the crazy shit we did, you can't even fucking see me right now. That's and there we go. I think. Oh shit. There we go. Let's see. Straight on me, bro. I can't see what they're saying from there either. I can read it though. Okay, that works. That works. Um, yeah, like scroll up a little bit. See if you say any, say anything else. Um. What do you say at the bottom? Talk about it. Yeah, he said talk about it. Yeah, man. Um, we uh we had some crazy times at OTP for sure. Like, <sighs> let me think. Um, like we used to do like back in the day when Chris was there. Like we used to do like roasts. We would roast like like workers. Get out of town, dude! I swear to God, like we that's would that secret menu bullshit you was talking about. Yeah, Come dude. on now. So like we would like. Like, I remember multiple occasions we went to, like, a couple people's houses and roasted each other. Like, um, what else would we do? We would, like, we would have, like, not, like, super crazy parties. Like, we would Oh, do- I thought you meant, like, a fucking animal roast. You're talking about, like, no. MTV Yeah, like, shit. like, Comedy Central roast, bro. We would oh go to a house God. and everyone would party and we would, and some would... Would get fucking roasted, bro. I'd be the type that'd be crying. Oh, Someone dude. say some disrespectful shit, I'd start crying. Dude, I remember being like 16 and 15, like going being to these mad, throwing and, air like, punches in the bathroom. Honestly, bro, like we'd like, you know, like have a couple drinks and like, you know, do our thing. And like, bro, we would roast people and like some of the shit that would get said, I'd be like, what the fuck, dude? I would be salty if somebody said that shit about me. Who's that? Caleb. Caleb. What do you say? I'm going to prop Yeah, up. put it up straight. I need to hear the Paul Miller puck to the chest story. Oh, my God. P. Mills took a puck to the chest? No, I fucking did. Oh, no. Okay. What happened? So, I won't uh, disclose why I didn't realize what the fuck was going on. I'm sure anyone can fucking guess. But uh, we were chilling and uh, um, what's he say? People got put on blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people got put on blast at the roast for sure. Big roast. Um, but so we're chilling at Caleb's house and in, at Caleb's parents' house in his basement. They always had a net set up against this like stone wall, like an unfinished part of their basement. And we would shoot pucks and and like play this like essentially like tip game like all the time, like almost every single day and every night. We were in there doing that type of shit and chilling. So the one day after school, we're like all chilling and shit and. Um, we're playing the, the 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 tip game, I guess, and we're not thinking. And me and Paul are, uh, 
not I don't know the word's not indisposed, but we were definitely feeling funky. And um <laughs> I'm like not even looking, not even paying attention, and we're like talking and like I look over and I think I'm I think I was talking to Dylan or somebody and I'm like, Oh yeah, blah blah blah. And Paul just rips this fucking shot, drills me in the fucking chest. Like, didn't see it coming, didn't move, didn't flinch. It just straight up drills me in the chest. Hits my chest and drops. And I didn't tense up. So it didn't fucking hurt. You took it, right? You took it. Dude, took it on the chest. And it fucking drills me. We start dying fucking laughing. Paul runs at me. He's like, dude, I'm so fucking sorry. I'm so fucking sorry. Like, don't fucking kill me. I'm like... Dude, that didn't even fucking hurt. I'm a little concerned about that. Like, just, dude, it was the funniest fucking thing ever. Like, just so out of our minds. Like, I literally just, like, took it on the chest and was like, yeah, dude, like, I'm straight. And I think, like, that was the the point in my life where I was like, I can definitely, like, play goalie for the rest of my life. Like, it doesn't feel great, but it's really not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, just taking slap shots, though. uh, Man, that takes balls. Dude, and it was like a legit rubber puck that you would throw on ice, too. The only difference was it wasn't sitting in a fucking ice chest getting frozen for the game. Did he? He threw it though, correct? No, he fucking hit it. Oh, with that, a stick. He's a fucking ace too. He he's, yeah, he was a killer he's on the disgusting, ice. Disgusting. So I can only imagine yeah. how fast that was coming in. Dude, he nipped it at my chest. I'm lucky my heart didn't fucking like stop or like skip a yeah, beat or because crack like, your sternum. Or yeah, something, anything dude. like that, bro. Because he drilled me, dude. P Mills, if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah man bro miss you brother i hope we you're doing miss well you. he is doing great yeah. he's doing great and he's living life i love to see it that's love good to shit. see that yeah you know I, I know you know things things happened in life but you know me and paul were always super tight we had a lot of good times at kelly's island together too like hell yeah me and him had a lot of good times and like i have nothing but love for him he's trying to make his life better and like he was a good cat man like we had a lot of fun together so yes p mills i appreciate you being a part of my you know my past and my good memories so if you ever see this shout out love you bro glad you're doing well yep uh so we took a quick break uh, about 30 minutes ago, um, and apparently UPS came while we were recording, and yeah. we had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just opened some fucking heat, boys. Mm-hmm. Some goddamn heat. I wish I had them in here because I'd show the cam. Um, I got a pair of uh, Yeezy 350 Boosts. Uh, I th- believe it's called a Israfil or Israfil. Um, I'm not really sure what the fuck that means. Um, <laughs> but they're, you know, they're a newer. I think they released last month. Yeah. Um, it's an everyday shoe for me. It's something that I'm going to, I'm going to rock like, uh, like a hype beast. I, I pursue to be, I want to be, <laughs> you know, should I go grab them? Show the people. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I got you. I'll go grab them. Awesome. I need a drink of water. Anyways. Cool. Max. Thank you so much for being on the show. Before we end, I did want to ask, um, I, um, everyone always needs picture taken. Um, where can anyone listening that's in the market get a hold of you or look at your work if if they're interested? Um, so thank you for uh, the, uh, the plug. I appreciate it, my dude. Um, so if you're looking for to do any work and uh, book some stuff with me, um, you can check out my Instagram at Maxwell McCarty Photography or my Facebook page at Maxwell McCarty Photography. Um, I'll, I'm willing to send out. Um, uh, oh, my God, I can't even think of it, but I'm willing to send out photos if you want examples uh, portfolio. I'll send out portfolios if you want. Um, I can quote you any pricing uh, for weddings, uh, events, whatever you want. Um, I'm not going to put my phone number on here, but uh, I will give my email. Um, three period, two period, one period, capture, C A P 
T U R E it I T at gmail.com. Uh, a little shout out to my first, uh, photography business in quotations, uh, three, two, one capture. But yeah, man, uh, if you or anyone, you know, is looking for a photographer for weddings or any events or whatever you want to do, I would, you know, um, be pleased to, uh, do some work for you and, uh, get to know you and your, uh, family or just you or whatever you want to do and capture that special day or those special moments for you. I would, uh, you know, truly feel honored. So hit me up and let me know. Awesome, dude. I love to hear it. Um, for anyone listening, I had a great time today. Uh, I'm Me sure too. Max did. Fuck yeah. This isn't the end. You know, uh, yes, he's a guest on today's episode. Uh, you might start seeing a lot more of him often. This flowed very naturally for both of us. Um, super authentic. And and that's what this is about. Yeah, absolutely. So I appreciate you being on, man. Appreciate and, you uh, having me, man. Uh, everyone, uh, thank you for tuning in. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the Mind If I Crash podcast. Take it easy. Later.